0: Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity for us to come before you being our everything. That while you being our everything means that we have access to anything. And so we pray, Lord, that as I speak today, it'll be words of clarity, insight, revelation that will be able to pierce the hearts of these young people to understand your standard. And that those who adhere to those standards succeed. So, Lord, I pray that you utilize me in a way you never have before, with fruit evident in their lives, some waters, some plant. But we believe that you're going to get the increase today, Lord. And so we appreciate you being here. With that being said, I come against every demonic spirit, every principality, everything that may be coming against myself, my family, these young people. This moment has been sealed. Therefore, it's holy ground. And we believe right now, Father, that you will take advantage of this opportunity to change lives. And we appreciate that authority. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get right into it. I have a lot of uh, points that I'm going to share today. This message is going to be dense, but full of nutrients, I believe. So today's topic, or today's title is this. How to make plain And maintain the standard. How to make plain and maintain the standard. There's three uh, points that I'm gonna make sure I cover today and that's what are standards, why are standards important, and how to make plain and maintain the standard. The reason why I said the standard because The creator created us to adhere to standards and the fall of man. Those standards was loosened, but because of the second Adam, we now have the opportunity to meet those standards to ensure that he gets glory. My main question for you today is how high are your standards? How high are your standards? There's four scriptures, maybe five that I'm kind of going to go through right now. And so while the time is ticking, let me get into this. Genesis 127 is the first scripture. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. My point for that scripture is this. The image giver determines the standards of the image bearer. Because the image bearer bears his image. The image giver determines the standards of the image bearer because the image bearer bears his image. So when it comes to standards, we have to understand first where that standard comes from. It comes from God. and Scripture also says, oh, I'm going to say it again. So God created man in his own image. That means we are made in the image of God. Therefore, everyone deserves dignity and respect from us because Each and every one of us bear his image. Verse number two, Colossians 3, 23 to 24 says, whatever you do, work heartily. Ask for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. The point for this is keeping the standards of God will always impress and give you favor with people even if they don't believe in your God. Keeping God's standards is a witnessing tool. When I work unto the Lord and not unto men, I will always exceed man's expectations. Romans 12, 1 and 2 is a very familiar scripture for all of us, but it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, sister, and by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a what? Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That scripture could take me 45 minutes to, to dissect, but it's powerful. It says it is our reasonable service. It is, it is, it is the best that we can do, the least I, we can do. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies, mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. You don't hear that much often, but holy, set apart, distinguished, distinct, different, and acceptable to God. This is New Testament. This ain't Old Testament. This is New Testament. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. I'm not going to labor too much, but that point for that scripture is there are two categories of standards. The world standards and the word standards. The world's standards and God's standards. You. No one is in the middle. You are a trending in one or two directions, either you're conforming into the image of this world, or you're being transformed into the image of God. Second Timothy three three sixteen through seventeen says all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This point that I have is the standards in scripture profits us. When you adhere to the standards of God scripturally and biblically, you automatically profit. The standards and rules of God is not just to limit you. People look at the standards of God as barriers keeping them from something. No, there's bar- they are barriers protecting you from something. So the standards in the scriptures are there to profit us. Last but not least, <clears throat> Zechariah four six. Zechariah four six. Then he said to me, "This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, <laughs> not by might, nor by power, but by my what?" Spirit. Says the Lord of hosts, the standards of the Lord are only able are only able to be maintained. By his spirit. Number one, we said the image giver determines the standards of the image bearer because the image bearer bears his image. Number two, we said keeping the standards of God will always impress and give you favor with people, even if they don't slow believe down, in you. Slow down. slow down. I only got 25 minutes. I, I get to record. I get to record. I get a, These ain't any the main points I'm going to get. You. Okay. Just take it. I got you. We, we, we going somewhere. Coach Mel said I'm a 50 piece nugget. i give you 50 nuggets. That's, that's what I do. Yeah, I got you. I'm going to give you the record. I got you. Number three, there are two categories of standards. <clears throat> the world standards and God's standards. Number four, the standards in scripture us. Last but not least, the standards of the Lord are only able to be maintained by his spirit. Now, here's some quick points on standards. A standard by definition, let me just give you a definition, I'm sorry. Standards by definition are rules of behaviors that you set for yourself. Standards are rules of behaviors that you set for yourself. That's a personal standard. Biblical standards are the rules of behaviors that were set by God for you. And our personal standards should adhere to God's standards. Now here's some points on standards real quickly. Many young people are allowing Insecurities, incompetence, ignorance, and impatience. A point. Huh? Is a point? It's a point. But I have I have about thirty more pieces to go. Thirty more points. Just take, bear, bear with me. I'll make sure you get these points. Many young people are allowing insecurities. I'll slow it down for you, so I want to make sure you have it. Incompetence, ignorance. And impatience to keep them from understanding, developing, and maintaining the standard. Many young people are allowing their insecurities, their incompetence, ignorance, and impatience to keep them from understanding, developing, and maintaining the standard. Number two, everyone has standards. Some are too low, some are too high, and some are the standard. When your standards are too low, anyone can hop that fence. If your standards are low, anyone can hop that fence. How high do people have to jump to, to jump over your standards? Your bodily standards, your mental standards, your emotional standards. How you carry yourself. I have another point in here that people, let me see, standards should require work from you and work from others who desire to be in your life. Don't latch if their standards don't match. So if you want to be in my life in any kind of intimate way where it's requiring my time, money, effort, I have to process certain things to ensure do we match in standards. That's why I drive everywhere. That's why I don't just get in a car with anyone. That's the reason why I don't just engage and become friends with everyone, because if our standards don't match, I can lose my life. I can be in a situation where it costs me my wife. Therefore, I have to keep the standards that God wants for my life. Everyone has standards. Some are too low, some are too high, and some are the standard. Some people got too high of a standard. There's some, a lot of single people that I counsel. I'm like, your standard is so high, the only person you're going to marry is Jesus. Wow. Your standards are too high. No man is perfect. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. Don't get me wrong. Bi- the biblical standards are the basis, the baseline. But man, some people's standards are out of line. Number three, your standards reflect your self-worth. Your standards reflect your self-worth. How you see yourself And what you see yourself accomplishing will determine the height of your standards. So how do you see yourself? If you have a low uh, view of yourself, your standards won't be but so high. God said, I don't care if your dad wasn't there, your mom wasn't there. I don't care what they said to you. My standards for you are still true. Standards for you in regards to how you see yourself. There's the three B's of ministry. The first B is belong. If a person feels like they belong, you can change their belief. If you can change their belief, you can change how they behave. God says, I paid a high price for you to belong to me. That's why our life is not my own. Because I know for a fact that no matter what I didn't have, God's standards Keeps me standing. Next point. Standards are everywhere. Standards are everywhere. I should go back into self-worth, but I might come back to it. Standards are everywhere. And some of the standards you dislike about school or home, you would be surprised which ones you would implement in your own business at home. So the standards you're wrestling with right now, listen, I I went to school here, I understand. But if I have someone representing me in business, I'm going to make sure they got their shirt tucked in. I'm going to make sure they have a tie on because they're representing me. We're teaching you how to be representatives. We're teaching you how to be ambassadors for God. That's why if you look at most modern day churches, they have downgraded the role of a pastor. Now the pastors are wearing skinny jeans, V-neck T-shirts. And now you wonder why nobody in their church are converts. Because now if you diminish the man of God and the image of the people of God, people start minimizing and comp- start compromising. Playing Biggie in their churches, playing Eminem in their churches, playing Jay-Z in their churches, giving you coffee, making you comfortable. And there's is, is no surprise that none of us are changing. If we downgrade how God looks, God is not our homeboy. God is more than just a friend. He is God. His omnipresence should cause us to tremble, not because we are afraid, but because we have life like with that, well, let me tell you about the priest. They said if that man was not right, they tie a rope around his foot with bales and they sent him by himself. And if that man is not right, he drops dead in the presence of God and they had to pull him out if he didn't if he didn't meet the standard. But because Christ met the standard, we can stand as unholy people in the presence of a holy God and we take it for granted. And we wonder why most of us won't be granted access to heaven. God ain't playing with our lifestyles because we represent him. Everywhere I go, I have to understand that I am a representative, not of just the Ezis, but of God. God. Like, like, you only have to understand, you're going to have to face God by yourself. My wife ain't going to be able to say, but God, he was a good man. No, God, please, and he, she can't plead. Not, not case at all. She is not fit to be my lawyer. Only Christ is my lawyer. I hope when you stand for God, the image bearer of the son would be your lawyer, saying that my blood covers his sins, her sins. Standards. Society has downgraded the standard, the standards of Marriage. The standards of love, the standards of sex, the standards of money has all been diminished because there are consequences when standards are diminished. Fifteen minutes. Good. grace. Next one. Your standards will affect every aspect of your life. Your standards will affect every aspect of your life. Your standards determines your decisions. I'll become transparent. My wife and myself were both virgins when we got married. Not to say that we better, it's not, no, we're not, but I'm not saying that. But one thing that I learned was my mom was very vivid when she told me, your body is precious. A woman's body is precious. Standards. What it saying say? if you do stupid things, you get stupid prizes. If you do the standards of God, you will receive the success of God. When it comes to that kind of life, you got to say, hey, I'm saving myself. You got to say, here are my standards about my body. You can't touch it if you don't own it. You can't have it if you're not mine. There's standards about your money. I'm not going to spend. Everything has to be filtered through God. The word of God says it is the fear of God. That is the what? Beginning of wisdom. Not the middle, not the end. It's the beginning. Wherever in your life that you're not walking in wisdom, you're lacking reverence for God. And respect for his standards. When you do things the right way, you get the right things. God's saying, if you just follow me, I promise you, you'll be fruitful. So your standards determine your decisions. If you see yourself as someone, someone's wife or someone's husband or someone's parent, I love the scripture that says, and it's got my mind so wrapped around it. The word of God says, a wise man leaves an inheritance for his what? If you're not thinking about your kids, 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 kids right now, then you're not going to have anything for them to have. And as a culture in the African-American community, the reason why we have no generational wealth is because we don't have a wealthy mindset. We produce trillions of dollars of spending a year, I think, and none of it is in our own communities. Why? If I can damage the way you see yourself. and and look like you're rich. See, wealthy people don't wear chains around their neck because chains means bondage. Chains means bondage. They put earrings in people's ears for bondage. All this stuff that we do as a culture is bondage. Paying a 200-something dollars for some Jordans and you can't even create your own business? It's bondage. And you wonder why your children's children are going to be begging, begging because you didn't do nothing in your life. Right now, I got to think about my kids' kids. The ASI brand is a brand that's going to glorify God a thousand years beyond me. That's my mindset. My mind cannot just be settled here. It has to be settled somewhere else. Because one thing I do not want to happen is me sitting on a rocking chair on a porch of an apartment, seeing my kids having to suffer. Land, houses, get things in order mentally so that you can have wealth eventually. Now, here are my 10 points. The main points I want you to get. i got 10 minutes. All right, here we go. How to make plain and maintain personal standards. Number one. Hmm? Oh, these standards. I'm sorry. How to make plain and maintain the standard, my apologies, the standard. Number one, check for the blood stain. Check for the blood stain. Without the spirit of God made possible by the blood of the son of God, you would not be able to maintain godly or biblical standards. There are standards in business, there are standards in everywhere else where unsafe people can benefit and profit. But it's only the biblical and godly standards of God that will actually make you successful. One thing that I learned about myself, and one thing that was a non-negotiable for my wife, she said that ministry cannot come before me. There was a time in my life where ministry was my God. That my identity and my success was based upon how successful my ministry was. And when I began to process that, I began to say, in order for me to be eternally successful, and a lot of you heard me say this, that God is not going to ask me, Josh, how did you do, what did you do for London? The ministry he did for Levi. The first person he's going to ask is, how was Brittany, or how is Brittany? That's the first thing he's going to ask me. I can be successful in ministry. I can make a lot of money. I can do a lot of things. But God can care less about how successful you are in this world if your success is not measured by the standards of heaven. And if I'm no good, if I can't take care of my own house, how can I take care of anybody else's house, especially the house of God? The standards always go back, not to me, not to anyone else, but to God. What does God say about your purity? What does God say about relations? What does God say about money? What does he say? Not what the critics and people got to say. What does he have to say? But when I check for the blood stain, I know I have at least a chance to maintain. Because I have the Holy Spirit in my domain. Number two, get a plain sheet of paper. And determine how you desire to reign your domain. Tonight, I want you to get a sheet of paper. I want you to do this activity. We're going to go through two points with the activity. Get a plain sheet of paper and determine how you desire to reign your domain. We are kings and queens. We are people that are supposed to reign. And so we have to say, okay... Who do I desire to be? What do I desire to have? Next point. Or the same same point too. And what is it you want to attain and sustain in your life? And do you match that? Right now you got to say, okay, those who want to be married, those who want to have children, those who want to be successful, you have to get a picture of who you want to be, what you desire to have, and compare your life to that now. Every time I coach people, I always get to tell them, get a sheet of paper and write the man you want. I get a lot of ladies that I coach. What man do you want? <laughs> a lot of guys, too. What kind of man do you want? <laughs> what kind of woman do you want? <laughs> then you got to write on the other sheet of side of the sheet of paper who you are right now. And if both lists don't match, then stop asking God for that. Because what you got to do is work. We've spent too much time praying than we do preparing. The things that we're praying for make some more time in that prayer to pray for people. Instead of asking God for the same thing that you are ill-equipped to maintain. Number three, then you take time to make plain your standards. Look at every aspect of your life and say, okay, where are my standards low? I want you this activity. Write down 10 areas of your life and ask yourself, in all those areas, do I have low standards in those areas, middle, middle standards, or high standards? You scale it one to 10. Just say, okay, these standards are about a 7 in my life or a 10 in my life. And then you got to measure, can I stand the pressure? See, standards helps you stand. I got to go. Time with more. Uh, seven more minutes. All right. Number four, if, if need be. Ask someone to explain why certain biblical standards are important to implement. If need be, like if you don't understand certain standards in the word of God, some standards that you have that we have in the school, certain standards that you have, ask someone to explain them. Because I had the same questions y'all had. And then when I got into business and got into ministry, like standards never change. Everybody in this room is not going to be a millionaire when they graduate, maybe 1%. And if you don't have your own money, if you don't own anything, then someone's going to determine how you represent them. If you go to Publix, their shirts are tucked in. Harris Teeter, their shirts are tucked in. No matter what job, I don't care if you're auto bill, their shirts are tucked in. Police officers' shirts are tucked in. Everywhere you go, there's a standard. And if you rebel against the standard with no ownership, then you look like a fool. Then when you own your own thing, then you set your own standard. And God said, until you own your life, you set your own standards. But since we don't own it, we have to go by his standards. So if need be, ask someone to explain why the standards are there. And some standards are probably whatever. But you ask, okay, why do we have to do this? Because... In life, you'll be surprised how these standards transcend every area of your life. And also, work to retain the Word of God. I told my ninth grade class yesterday, I said, society has dumbed us down to so much that we can only process things by seconds. The Bible said that in the last days, on the end times, people will not be able to endure sound doctrine. They're not going to be able to sit down long enough to fully understand. Do you understand that the the things of life based upon God's standards have, has not shrunk? Hasn't shrunk? Hasn't shrunk? Which one is it? Shrink? Shrink. Hasn't shrunk? It hasn't shrunk. (laughs) God's standards of marriage hasn't shrunk to homosexual marriages. It hasn't shrunk. Nothing has shrunk. God's standards are still the same. And God said, if you want success, you got to do it the way it has been set. So the world's going to be like cut corners and and cheat this and do that. The standard is the standard. And people who adhere to the standards are those who are successful. Number five, you have to be willing to be trained in how to maintain biblical standards. You got to be teachable. Anybody who's made a lot of money, who is successful in any field of life, Understand standards and disciplines and they don't mind being teachable. You have to be trained in how to maintain biblical standards. Number six, you have to eliminate vain thoughts about yourself. I worked hard to get all these words to match uh, around with maintain, but we, we got it. Number six, eliminate vain thoughts about yourself. The Bible says, cast down imaginations or vain imaginations, one text says, and every thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, right? The Bible says you'll be transformed or conformed by your mind. The way you see yourself will determine the level of your standard. Listen, I know how it feels. I struggle with insecurities as well. We all have insecurities. Let me tell you some insecurities. When that child comes out, there's going to be some insecurities. I've never been a dad before. I'm going to be nervous. But just because the insecurity rises doesn't mean I ride that insecurity. I have to stay settled in my security, who is God. Right now, God is everywhere. God right now is in your future. He's all encompassed. He swallowed all your sins of your past, swallowed all your decisions down, and has swallowed your whole future. So what he's saying is, I will meet you there. No matter where that there is, God says, I got you. So there's no need to be insecure. When God says, I've already seen this place for you before you was even formed. And so when you understand it, you'll say, you know what? How does God want me to think about myself? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are beautiful. You are handsome. I don't care if you got the biggest forehead in the world. I don't care what it is because I went through that. You know, I got all the jokes. I got it all. and It's okay. Because God made me look this way. (laughs) He made you look that way. You only have to look good for one. (laughs) You don't have to look good for everyone. All you got my wife. I don't care who thinks I'm ugly. My wife thinks I'm handsome. I don't care for another woman. I don't care what they got to say. She says I'm all right. And God says the way I made you, everything that's made for you is going to match you, not someone else. Could it be? Could it be? That you're missing out on what God has made for you because you're trying to match someone else. The things that God has made for you is looking for you. So why am I going to try to bless somebody else when my stuff is looking for me? I don't want nobody else's woman. I don't want nobody else's money. I want mine's. And so when you know that God made you fearfully and wonderfully, then you can stay settled knowing God's got me. Everyone over there trying to look good for someone else. No guy got no money, no opportunity to take care of you. No woman got the bandwidth or the patience to deal with your sorrows. Nobody at this age does. So why are we wasting our time? Twelve years old, Jesus was about his father's business. Everybody is without excuse. And some of us, that's why my challenge, I preach this every day to every person I can. If you're 16, 15, 18, and you don't know what you're here to do, don't do nothing else until you seek God about what he has called you to do. So that you don't go out there getting into debt to look good for someone else. So that you can be able to walk the path. Because I'm going to tell you something about God's favor. It's free. You know how much stuff I got on discount? How much stuff I got for free? How much stuff God blessed me with and I ain't had to work a dime for? That ring on my wife's finger. I wish I could tell you the miracle behind that. I wish I could tell you the miracle behind the house. I wish I could tell you the miracle about that. So why am I going to lose sleep? Because I know God has me. So I'm not going to get caught up in vain thoughts and worrying about what I ought to do or not. I'm going to say, God, you're leading God and guide me into all truth. To respect the time I got, I'm going to finish up. Number seven, audit who or what you entertain regularly. Audit who or what you entertain regularly and annihilate worldly entertainments. In order to maintain the standards of God, you got to say, "Okay, I got to remove everything that doesn't match that standard of God." If your friends cannot comprehend the word of God, then you got to leave them. You can communicate the word of God. Communication is pointless without comprehension. If they can't comprehend it, then they shouldn't be in your life. Uh, audit who or what you entertain regularly. What do you watch? Who are your friends? What are you doing? If what you're watching right now, listening to right now, Jesus wouldn't listen to it then we got to shut it off because everything in this world will be and can be used against you. So when you entertain, they say you're entering to detainment. That's entertainment. You're entering to some form of detainment. Detainment means you're unable to do anything without that as your source. So you have to investigate everything that you entertain because it's being used against you. this world is too complex. For us to live life too simple. Hey, if you mess up, dust yourself off and aim to maintain again. You you want to make some mistakes as you maintain the standard. But God is gracious. His grace is sufficient. A just man falls how many times? And then he does what? Or she does what? They get back up. If you mess up, dust yourself off and aim to maintain again. Number nine. Oh, sorry. I only got 30 seconds, y'all. A minute. Minute or two minutes? 30 minutes. Number nine, have a disdain for sin and compromise. You got to hate what God hates. Yeah. You got to have a disdain for sin and compromise. Disdain, yep. You got to hate it. One thing about God, when he comes in your life, he changes the way you sin. <laughs> if you think, hear me close. He changes the way you sin. And what I mean by that is, you don't even feel comfortable sinning anymore. Even though you still do it, you're just like, I'm uncomfortable doing it. Then you got to graduate into, I hate this. If you open up the hood to sin, you will see how dirty the oil is. You will see how this engine can't save you. It can't get you from point A to point B. Sin is dangerous, man. Sin is not here to just be your friend. Sin says, I'm here to destroy every aspect of your life. So you have to hate it. Right now, who has a little brother, little sister? If you knew that they were staying at a pedophile's house, what would you do? I'd be in jail. (laughs) You'd be in jail. I'm, I'm making it so real to you so that you can understand that the smallest of sin... One thing about God you have to understand sin is equal. One sin is not bigger than the other. At times, at peaks, they may have different consequences, but they're but they're not different. So what you have to understand that the reason why we think sin is okay is because we got away with it. But the more you get away with it, the bigger the trap gets. Because now when you're comfortable, you get cocky. When you get cocky, then you start messing stuff up. Then you get exposed. God says, hey, man, I gave you a year to come back to me. And there's going to come a point. The grace for your life, you can never run out of. The grace for your salvation cannot run up. But if you keep sinning, the Bible says, Shall a man continue in sin that grace abounds? God forbid. God ain't going to cover your sins but for so long. The moment you start getting cocky with your sin, that's when you start seeing everything fall apart in your life. So you have to hate sin. You have to hate it for what it was sent to do, and that's to destroy you. Number 10, two more and I'm done. Always assess what you can't contain. The reason why some people can't meet the is they put too much on their plate. If you can't contain it, then you're not going to be able to maintain it. Right? I give this analogy all the time. I said it on YouTube yesterday. I said, um, uh, We have to treat our plate, not like we're at a buffet, but like we're being served. If we go to, if we go in life with our plate and we try to fill our own plate, who's ever been to the grocery store and you bought more than you desired to pay? You went to a restaurant, you bought more than you can eat because hunger skews your view. But if you trust God to fix your plate, then you won't have too much on your plate. So, if God's said, hey, it's not, it's not functional for you to have, relationship is something that you shouldn't have on your plate right now. It doesn't mean He won't put it on your plate later. But do you know how heavy a relationship is? Do you know how heavy marriage is? Do you know how many times I have to go to public to get uh, mangoes? <laughs> do you know how many times I got to get up to cut the air on? Cut the air off. You know how many times I got a uh, last night. I was tired. I done finished these points. And who rolls over to want to talk for 45 minutes? But I have to maintain or some other man is going to maintain it. If I don't take care of the maintenance fees, somebody else will pay those fees. But if you're not, ma- if you're not built for it, you won't be able to stand for it. Last but not least, and I'm done. Never forget. Never forget. You will always gain when you maintain godly standards, you always gain. One thing that I learned in my life right now, when you do it God's way, you get the best stuff. The thing about the world, the devil blesses before God. The devil will always be quicker than God when it comes to blessing. Why? Because it'll blessing prematurely causes stressing. God says, I want to deliver you before I deliver something to you. If you can't go through deliverance, you will never get your deliveries. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time that you've given us. I pray that every heart in this room is humbled by this heavy word. That we come back to holiness, God. That we come back to fearing you. That we come back to respecting you. That we come back to honoring you. That we come back to loving you. That we come back to worshiping you. The way you desire for us. That if anyone desires to worship the Father... They must worship him in spirit and in truth. Let us be honest with you so that we can be useful for you. Is there anyone in this room right now that says, hey, I'm, I'm, I don't have the blood stain on me. Therefore, I can't even stand the standard. If you're in this room right now, you say, man, I'm not saved. I don't know if there's a blood stain on me that will help me to be able to be successful with God's standards. Can you please raise your hand? Got you. Thank you, fam. If you're in this room right now, you've been walking with God, but you've been walking away from the standard. There's no safety in backsliding. There's no safety in sliding at all. Because God gives us traction. Our shoes should be shod with the preparation of peace, able to stand anywhere. If you know you in sin right now, you know you in sin, you know that you're practicing sin and you want to make sure that you set up to win and you want to rededicate your life right now to the standard of God, raise your hand. I see those hands. Thank you. Without the filling of the Holy Spirit, man, without him having access to every corridor of our soul, we won't be able to stand anything. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit with power, To be able to stand the pressures of those things that are blowing against your standards. Raise your hand now, please. Gotcha, gotcha. Father, we thank you that this word has been sealed in their hearts. I count it an honor to be the one that plants or waters. But God, I can't wait to see the increase. And we appreciate you, Lord. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen.